0: Andy does love some Andy. It's like you're
1: inside of my head. <laughs> what is your fascination with Peterson?
2: Welcome to the Trade Secrets Podcast.
1: Dear future me, <laughs> don't go to the courthouse. The moral of the story is don't leave your martial arts equipment in your other coat and apparel dimension.
2: Comic book talk by comic book geeks just like you. <laughs> I'm Indian. I like every comic that's ever been made. I would not go to Jonathan Frakes booth because I would get space herpes. Work it, make it, do it. Makes us. And now, your hosts, Luke Matthews. Because you can't put Superman in a universe with other superheroes and actually have anything meaningful happen. Andy Piddell.
1: Thousand-year-old catacombs that you're climbing through. It's pitch black. There's water waste deep. Uh-uh. That's the point. I'm like, you know what? The zombies can have the sewers. <laughs> and Joel Simon. Burn.
0: Ah! <laughs> uh, no, I'm gonna buy it. <laughs>
2: Welcome everybody to episode 38 of the Trade Secrets Podcast. I am Luke, and I am. We're recording in a completely different studio now. Whoa! We're over at a uh, location. Yeah, we're at, we're we're shooting B-roll for this particular episode, uh, and uh, we're we're here at Andy Padell's apartment and Andy's. Actually with us when we're recording in his house. Well, look, wait, did you guys record without me one time? I think we have recorded without you in the in past. In my apartment? Uh, yeah, we did. <laughs> could have happened, I don't know. Yeah, we did. No comment. Recorded, that's, yes, that's what we did in your apartment without you there. We recorded something. Someone I don't know.
1: put shit in my Cheerios.
2: <laughs> and we're also joined by Joel Simon.
0: Oh,
1: hi. Yeah,
0: Oh,
2: uh, I'm here. Eddie couldn't yeah. make it today. Anne is uh, Anne is off at at Goddard College doing collegey stuff. Um, what, uh, what, so what
1: limb did Eddie lose this time? I have
2: no idea. He hasn't texted me back. I know that he said he couldn't make it, and I'm sure he probably tore something off of his body. I have no idea. <laughs> um, he comes
1: back with like a cybernetic arm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's, he He'd comes back Jacks. looking like <laughs> That's yeah. Exactly yeah, what I exactly. was going to say. Oh. Um, for the la- uh we're going to be talking about supreme power. I know that that's out of order from what our listeners thought we were going to do. We were, we were supposed to do Secret Six this episode, but because Anne is out of town, we're going to go ahead and do Joel's selection of supreme power. Roots. Um And uh, as as I think always, we'll we we will talk about what people have been reading. I've actually I've been reading some comic comic, 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 comic. I've been cock. reading some cock. I have been reading a lot of cock. Um, no, I'm, but now I'm trying to remember what I've read in the last couple of weeks. I read, um, I read the first issue of of a new indie book called Comeback by Image Comics. Um, that was the first <laughs> the first cock I read was Comeback, <laughs> uh, doggy style. <laughs> Uh, and it was, good. <laughs> it was good. It was good. It was, it's, it's, it's a little looper, li- looper ish, but basically it, it seems like the premise of the book is, um, a, an agency with the capability of time travel goes, uh, will, people will hire them and they will go back in time and grab somebody who is, uh, who is either a about to die or be in some situation that they need to get out of, and yank them out of their current timeline and bring them forward, so that, like, especially the people that are about to die, they will still, in their own timeline, they will still have died, and it basically pulls them off the grid, and then they get reunited in the future with, uh, with their Good family, person. and then they go live off, you know, live out their lives without in them the dying. future. Um, Why? Uh, oh, people pay for this. pay for this. Yeah. Okay. So like they I guess they would have the ability to tell people or, you know, know when somebody's about to die. Or I think what actually happens is that in the future after, say, I died, somebody would go to this agency and say, hey, can you go pull him out of the timeline before he dies? and then they would go back and get me pull me out my death still happens in the past so i'm basically off the grid at that point but now and there's they throw a couple of wrenches into the works of course um but it's uh it's it's well written so far the artist reminds me a lot of sean phillips's stuff on criminal and um and the writer i don't it's ed brisson i think i'm trying to remember the. i don't remember the Not name of the writer him at all yeah i don't remember the name of the writer off the top of my head i'd have to look it up but um but no it's a good book i'm uh i'm Who's enjoying the, the first publisher? issue image okay. um and uh aside from that i've just been catching up on stuff i read i've read the last few issues of brilliant i got caught up on exo man of war um i got caught up on or i'm still trying to get caught up on unwritten um But uh, and oh, and did I talk about Mara on the last show at all? That's the other one I wanted to talk about. Then it's uh, it's the new Brian Wood book, Uh, and right now, to be entirely honest, I Brian everything Brian Wood touches turns to gold. That guy is just fucking awesome. I haven't read the new Star Wars book that he's that he's doing. It just came it's out this sold week. Out.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah, it's been really four days and it's already pretty much sold out. Yeah, and second print run in works. I have
0: no. There's there's talk that Dark Horse is probably going to lose that license. Obviously,
2: yeah, yeah, sure, so, duh,
1: yeah. He starts he
0: starts a comic, does really well, and then it's well. That doesn't
2: necessarily mean they can't pull the creative team over. I mean, mm, if yeah. Mar, I mean Marvel, the boys used, is a good example of
1: that. It was originally a image title, yeah, and then images like this is w- way too much even for us. And Dynamite's like, we'll we'll, we'll publish. Yeah, issue seven we'll, on. We'll
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's happened with plenty of books in the past where they've just, especially indie stuff. Now, the, it's, a, it's a little weird when you come to a, a license like Star Wars as to whether or not the licensing agreement that Dark Horse has right now allows them to keep. Their storylines, which has happened with other things, where the you know the storyline might be part of Dark Horse's contract, and therefore if they transfer it back to Marvel, then they won't be able to take the storyline with them. But they can so, keep the creative team but from. they can keep. They might yeah. be able to keep the creative team. Um, and then, and then also on top of that, I heard it was uh, old school timeline. You know, like uh, it takes place between episodes five and six. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 am. That's one that I'm going to get in trades, mostly because. I don't ever have to worry about the Star Wars, I don't ever have to worry about a Star Wars book not selling enough to to stop, right? However, I'm going to buy and I'm going to comp- continue to have everybody that I know buy the massive because I want that book to continue as long as humanly possible. Um, Mara is is uh, an interesting storyline. It's It's set in a, I don't... It, it's set in the future. It's an indeterminate... I, I don't remember how far. It's like a couple hundred years in the future or something like that where society has become extremely sports-obsessed um, and there's a war going on simultaneously. So there's there's like this huge like multinational war and as part of their sports obsession, they have... Um, like, sports stars tend to be the biggest celebrities on the planet. Mara being one of them in this particular world that he's set up mara is a is a volleyball player and volleyball is apparently a humongous international sport and basically it goes through the issue kind of introducing you to that stuff introducing you to mara and her her stardom and her fandom and and the they've got this weird thing where like uh, she's Miked up during her volleyball matches and they they like she's like talking to people who are running her like marketing campaign and stuff so she's like constantly they're constantly taking sound bites from her and she's constantly controlling like where where her image is displayed and all this stuff and then uh sorry this isn't really a spoiler because they talk about it in reviews but at the end of the issue um the whole thing was that she's on an international stage in this one of the biggest volleyball matches in the world and she manifests superpowers in the middle of the middle of the match um and doesn't know what happened and then that's kind of where the issue ends it's like she manifests it and everybody goes holy fuck what just happened and then that's where the issue ends and seems like it could be good i mean it's brian wood so like i i have a lot of faith in in his ability to tell a story yeah, so yeah um i'm not as big a fan of the art it's ming doyle and the art is yeah it's okay it's not spectacular but um i think the, the farther i get along sort of in my comic
1: reading the less i care about the artwork i mean there are books that i will read specifically just for the art like, yeah but in general like as, as long as the story is compelling i don't care what's going on
2: uh, It's I'm I I agree like I don't read books just for the art I'm not going to I'm not going to look at a book and go ooh it's pretty I'm going to buy it because I I want the compelling story but on the opposite end of that spectrum I also I I do think art can ruin a book if it's bad Um,
1: yeah there is a point where it's like so bad that it's just yeah detracts from the story because it's detracting it's taking the reader out of Uh the story itself. Uh
2: I I felt that there were times that that happened with uh, with incorruptible a lot, and that's one of the reasons I stopped reading incorruptible because, uh, well, one because it was it was one of the most immaturely written books I've I've read in a long time, and two because even if it were written well, the art in that book just was so rotten that um, I just I couldn't I couldn't get past it. But
1: I liked it. I, I don't remember the the detail like the fine details on the art and I guess that should say something within itself yeah I mean if
2: if art is in if art is um, uh, if if I don't notice it that's fine right it's like I, it doesn't have to be spectacular for me to like the story especially if uh, if the story is really good if it's a really well written book which um, like like I said Brian Wood's stuff is uh, I, I can cope with it that's that's kind of how I feel about Mara it's like the art's not great, but it's not—it's—it's it's not detracting from anything. It's—it's it's there and it, it tells the story just fine. Um, but it doesn't—it um, it it just doesn't wow me in any way,
1: you know. Yeah, I mean, there are certain writers that I think that I don't care who the artist is, I'm going to read.
2: Joe, What do you think on this subject?
1: What about about the art? About art. What you, like, I, I particularly don't care.
0: I mean I there's comics out there that are just stick figures, but it still gets the point across. <laughs> but if you if um and the only thing where the art really ruins it for me if there's an action sequence and they don't really illustrate that action well enough yeah. and you don't know what the heck is going on. Or there's not a jive between the writer and the artist where you can't see with the sequence of the action yeah. going through the different yeah. boxes. You can't figure out what the hell's going on. And if you have to if you have to read it twice over or three times just to figure out what the fuck just happened.
2: And that problem happened in Holy Terror and Holy Terror was the same writer and the writer and the artist were the same guy yeah. and they still couldn't jive with each other. Yeah. Well he's crazy. <laughs> the um Gross. I was just why did you have to bring that back <laughs> up <laughs> I was trying to think there was a book oh a, a book in my opinion where the art actually ruined it for me and prevented me from getting it was, uh, the first few issues of Wolverine and the X-Men. Um, was it, uh, yeah. Jason Aaron was the writer? Jason Aaron. Um, was it Umberto Ramos doing that one or I want to say, yeah, but I can't No, It was the other guy whose art looks a lot like Ramos it's, uh, because Humberto Umber- Ramos is, is totally fine. It's, um, shit he's a anyway i don't know I don't <laughs> he's a he's a drawer he's a drawer and uh <laughs> yeah that's how much i care about art um i don't even that know, book it's it's an artist that um that i like his stuff most of the time but was it was so cluttered and just too busy uh, it, it was not only was it busy the he colored his own art and that was a big fucking mistake because the coloring was terrible and just muddied everything up yeah. and i just the first few issues of of wolverine and the x men i thought the art was was stunningly bad um so
1: yeah that's that um Bacello
2: Chris Bacolo that's who is, it is Is it
1: Bacolo or Bacello? It's
2: Bacello. Are you sure cuz i it's, it's it's Bacello. How are you pronouncing an ae then? It's B A C H A. Yeah, it's Bacchalo? It's Bacello. Bacello? Yeah. That it's Baccolo. Fuck it. I'm they, pronouncing it Bac.
0: Know, all I all I know is my my friend is a big Bacello fan and that's how he he calls his name. So it, I don't know.
2: It it could be uh, whatever. Yeah, his art I like I like his art. I like his art a lot. I like he did um he did steampunk and the art in steampunk. It, it's cluttered, but it's good. It's really, really neat. Steampunk. Yeah, it was from the late '90s, and it was that was exactly what it's was called was steampunk. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I've always liked his art as long as you know, as long as somebody else colors it for one. And, and his stuff in Wolverine and the X Men was terrible. Yeah, I, I, and then
0: it went to Ramon Perez.
2: Oh, Ramon, Ramon Perez, Perez is, is brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. That guy's. I own Ramon Perez original artwork, so.
1: Yeah, that guy's oh, awesome. Uh,
2: Tail sand, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. And so I've never read Wolverine, Wolverine, Wolverine and, and X Men, but um, I've heard that it's really good, and it's uh, a little lighter, a than little bit usual.
1: It's uh, it's definitely a counterpoint to X Force. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, which is funny because Aaron is kind of a dark writer.
1: Yeah, I, if you think Other Side and some of the other stuff that he's done, it's I don't think he's really done many lighthearted stories. Scalped no. is, you know. Not so lighthearted. <laughs> no, no.
0: Wasn't he on Punisher too?
1: Yeah, he did put the the awesome
2: Punisher Max the run. really good Punisher Max run.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, I, and I know the one thing I know about Boccello is that he likes to make his his figures kind of super deformed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he has like big, really big feet.
1: Yeah, he did... Um, some stuff during the age of Apocalypse that I really liked, the original one i don't remember if mm. he did the uh-huh. the ten years later one or not, but yeah,
0: he usually rolls in on certain x titles, yeah he did a really good run on um new x men that was uh, that was pretty good too
1: yeah uh, on the notes of uh chris people named Chris who worked on the x men I just found out uh, Chris Claremont is like sixty something mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. that, that blows my mind. Oh, he should be. Kind of makes sense. And he no, was, totally he made, was in like, his 30s when he was yeah, doing no, his <laughs> major <laughs> 17 year like, stuff. 17-year run of X-Men. Yeah. Mm. But it just it never struck me like, oh, God.
2: Yeah. 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 Our heroes are getting old. Yeah.
1: Well, I, I mean,
0: David Bowie is 66 now. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Goddamn. Um, yeah.
1: So yeah. what have you been reading, Andy? Um I've been hacking stuff uh <laughs> black acre did i talk about that on the last show
2: uh no i read black acre as well so we can talk about it a little. i bit. really like it i like i it. really don't you really don't i really there's a perfect example of a book whose art i thought was fucking terrible the, just bad
1: i thought the storyline was compelling enough that i'm going to continue reading it um the art i don't feel one way or the other about i'm not in love with it i don't hate it it's a little bit more than passable. Um, yeah. I think it's okay. It's good. Uh, I love the analogy at the beginning with the zombies and pirates.
0: Yeah. So what's Black Acre about?
1: Uh, it takes place 130 years from now, Yeah, roughly. something like that. Um, So about, in the history of the book, about now, um, as things are getting worse and worse, this corporation sets up a... Compound. T- compound town. I don't even know how to explain it. And they're like, the telling the government, you know, we're just going to do this for our own testing and whatnot. And then as everything falls to shit, you know, it, you realize it's become this giant fortress city yeah. to protect them from the outside world.
2: Because they knew it was falling to yeah. shit. They basically buy a parcel of land in the middle of nowhere, build a city from the ground up, wall it off, and then turn it into its own, like, city-state inside mm-hmm. the United States.
0: Red mask of death.
2: Um... I I like the concept of black acre but I really didn't like the execution I thought it was very heavy-handed and it tended to be i, I there were just too, a few too many just like eye rolling like oh, really you're actually gonna say that out loud kind of moments for me but I I don't know it, it other people you're not the only person I know that really likes it uh, it's just I guess it's just not my taste because I bought I bought that at the same time I bought comeback and i read the two of them side by side and i was like comeback was wildly better and maybe that's the the problem with i have a black acre and they're i understand that they're completely different things but i just think um maybe by comparison black acre falls apart a little bit for me okay so um
1: so other than that um dolby von luckner and i were talking just briefly about uh, avengers arena and okay, that book is great. Is It's it? so much fun. It's a straight ripoff of mm-hmm. Battle Royale.
2: Homage, sir. It's an homage. Oh, well, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> a, it calls
1: itself out on like page two. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. It calls
2: itself out on the cover. It called itself yeah. out on the advertisements that came out before the book came out. <laughs> like, I appreciate
1: the fact that they're being super honest about what the, the source idea yeah. is. Yeah. And <coughs> I'm <very> Hunger Games. <coughs> Battle Royale? Battle Royale.
0: No, I know. Oh, yeah.
1: I've never heard of this Battle Royale story. I like saw author-
2: you at the concession stand. <laughs> I saw you before you even got up this morning. <laughs> so. Anyway,
1: uh, but no, I am it's I'm super excited because a it's getting rid of some of these like D-grade superhero teens from the Marvel books which there are just too many of. Mm. Um one of my favorite lines from the But movie.
2: does it actually take place in continuity? Yeah. So they're actually just on they're an they're island killing, each, just other killing off each other off in continuity. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, what I
1: thought was
0: great. There's the only... rest of the Avengers are just not around or Who knows what the Avengers are doing right now? Well, that's <laughs>
2: that's the big problem I have with the current Marvel Now Marvel Now storylines is you every single book, the same characters are doing different things in different places at the same time. So mm-hmm. you really have no fucking clue where anybody is at all any given time. All I know in the Marvel
1: Now universe wait, is it Marvel was it Marvel Now that had the um... The Red Skull. Everything, yes. Chopping it, Professor Xavier's head off yeah. and using his brain. Yeah. Remender, it's a
2: Remender story, Joel. You're going to love it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, uh, I actually don't, I don't, I don't love it so much. Oh, I think it's great. Uh, that We talked about that last week. We talked about part of the uh, Back to Artwork. That's um, – uh, what the fuck's the artist? Planetary Guy. Um,
1: <laughs> I, I didn't know this. I can't Brian think of it right now. Joel's
2: looking it up. Yeah. Not good, but – Uh, Cassidy, John John Cassidy. Cassidy.
1: Okay, but I want to go back to Avengers Arena just for one more second. Um, There's a a scene in the book uh, where Arcade is talking to the kids, and he's like, you know, you're you're thinking to yourself, why me? Why did I have to be the one who's kidnapped? And I mean, frankly, it's probably just because Wolverine guards his kids better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So who has died off? Um, The sort of stone skull looking red guy is <laughs> so far. I mean, I'm talking D-grade teen uh, superheroes. Oh. He just got blown up. Spoilers. Okay. Uh, but there's only been one issue. Oh, really? And it starts out with, um, oh, I think the girl's name is like Radiation or something in X-23. And like the first screen is, or first screen, uh, the first page or first two pages are, it's like day 27 and it's X-23 attacking this girl. And X-23 is about to stab her in the chest. And she's like, well, things are worse. And then it's like day one, and it goes to the start. So you can assume. We were
2: both wrong. Oh, It's Bacchalo. 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 I've been told it's bacello, but. Bachalo. This is an interview with Chris Bacchalo saying it's Bacchalo. Okay. So. Also, there's a girl who can fly
1: who dies in issue two. Um. She tries to escape the island that they're on. She's like, oh, I'll just fly away. So she takes off at breakneck speed and hits the force barrier above the
2: island and <laughs> breaks her neck. Oh, a force barrier above the island. It is Hunger Games. Awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it seems like it would be fun. Yeah. It's just fun. I, I enjoy it. Yeah. I've actually pared down a lot of my Marvel stuff lately because, like, I, I dumped Uncanny Avengers just because I can't stand Cassidy's art. Even though he's being dumped off the book. Like, apparently after issue four, no more John Cassidy because he can't keep a schedule. And, uh, um, but I don't know. And I'm usually a Remender guy, but that storyline just didn't catch me. Especially, like, when I compare it to the Hickman Avengers book. So wildly different, which is a good thing, actually, because that way people who like Avengers can get you know different versions of their Avengers. But, yeah. but I'm more interested in the Hickman version of the Avengers. And right how now. is the Hickman version? Oh, it's fucking amazing. Okay. It's really good. Two issues in. I love Opeña's art. Uh, Hickman's storyline is f- going to be epic. So I'm a little worried that he won't be able to wrap it up properly. But Hickman tends to be good at Secret. endings. Secret is really good. It only two. There's only two issues. I'm and I'm it's sold on a horror. Two yes, I have the t- first two issues, and it looks like it's going to be good. But even even Hickman has said that because of his commitments on Avengers, he, it's going to be delayed a lot That's... because they're f- double shipping Avengers. Fuck Marvel for double shipping shit. Like Jesus Christ, just put out monthly comics. It's not as bad as uh, Amazing Spider-Man going three times a month. Well, yeah, that that's ridiculous.
1: Retarded. Ridiculous. Yeah.
2: Yeah. They, they want their money. No, you know, nothing Nothing will turn off a new comic book reader faster than them coming into a shop, picking up an issue of something, and going, sweet, I'll pick up the next issue next month, coming in three weeks later and finding out that they've missed two issues. That have sold out. That have sold out. Yeah, good job, Marvel. Thanks for... Uh, getting it now now marvel now now right fucking now marvel now well yeah you, marvel now or marvel now Marvel now. now 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 now
0: it's getting towards the end of the fiscal year so disney needs
1: their, their <laughs> marvel now max yeah. what's that mean now 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 now, now. <laughs> oh god damn uh
2: what are you reading joel
0: uh i'm getting towards the end of eden and okay. it's pretty good still reading that um it's gone, and I, I don't know why all anime manga has to go this way, but it's gone towards the um, whacked out super dimensional thing. <laughs> yeah. there's, oh, there's, there's, there's this living crystal that's taking over the, the world, and it's this big apocalypse, right? And so they finally figuring out that this crystal is kind of like a living supercomputer. So they go in to try to test it, and all of a sudden, the crystal encloses the science team, and they start talking to a biophage about, ooh, and it... It totally goes into its whole philosophy is like, Oh, well, you guys are destroying the earth and and this is all the things and i 've noticed that most Japanese anime goes that route where they get kind of bored and then just start going wacky yeah so um and it was pretty pretty by the <clears throat> by the um what am I going to Straightforward. <laughs> I was trying to say it's pretty straightforward. By the numbers. Is it's that what you're trying to say? By the numbers. Thank you. <laughs> there yes, you go. It was pretty by the numbers and straightforward on, you know, cyberpunk and all that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden they bring in this mystical bacteria that starts talking to people and go, like, oh, wait, what? Yeah. But it's still good. It's close towards the end, um, which I'm sad to see because it, it doesn't tell the usual story and there's a lot of different story arcs. So, yeah. You guys still hear me? Yeah, you're yeah, okay. fine. All right. Cool. Is that and the only thing you're reading? Yeah, and that's the, the really sad thing because the last 3 months <laughs> the last 3 months I haven't really read anything. Yeah,
1: it's like Luke and I moved to new places and we're like, yeah, we're still reading a few things. Joel's no. like, "Um,
0: I fell off the face of the earth. There's God. so many things that I've missed."
1: Uh. And I was, going over,
0: I was going over the list because no. a lot of the podcasts that I listened to, they were talking about like the end of the year and what has gone over the year. I mean, the Marvel Now started. haven't seen any uh, heard or read any of that. I heard um, Aaron's run on Thor is, is amazing. Phenomenal. See? Thank you. Yeah. I haven't read it. Um, the new Thunderbolts that came out, I heard that's, that's great, too.
1: I like it. Yeah. It's I am, interesting. I um, haven't read it. One thing that's really funny is the Big Bang Theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I've made fun of Jason Aaron's Thor run already
2: yeah but no oh, yeah just, yeah did you see his, his tweet? what was what was it uh big bang theory called my thor run stupid that's oh what i i forgot what his tweets were now but yeah oh son of a Good job bringing it up and not have not I, being able to close. My phone's in the you other have room. to. Alec Baldwin it's said you closers. have to close. You gotta start to put
0: that coffee down. That's that's my my job not to be closing. <laughs> you guys are supposed to be the closers. I'm supposed to be wacky. Um, yeah. You know so what
1: it takes to be a closer? Yeah. Big brass balls. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: Don't got them. Um, then also, there's I heard uh, Jeff Johns' run on Aquaman is is good, which sounds kind of would surprising would never read Aquaman exactly I, right I, I but people I would, I would have dress said it's as
1: Aquaman for Halloween but I would not read that book ever <laughs> really no people
0: have said it, it's really good and I think Johns is they're saying that Johns is trying to do the same thing that he did with Green Lantern to kind of set up a, a new storyline and take him in a new direction so he's actually likable and from reading the wikipedia i guess so let's
2: see what did he do with the green lantern he'd created a billion different kinds of lanterns, lanterns. so now he's going to have like I'm the indigo aqua, Lantern. aquaman I'll and aqua boy and friendship. exactly
0: <laughs> but people
2: liked it aqua fish wait
0: people are still talking about black as night like, aqua dog you know? and <laughs> yeah and so i and i guess with aquaman what it is is that he's um he's decided to leave atlantis and, and be a superhero again but he's not getting any respect because he's not as good as all the other metahumans. So I, I,
1: I think it's kind of funny that they're addressing that. I just want to see him be like, no, no, Superman, I got this. And he walks off panel and then the next panel is him just getting punched back. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so
0: there's a lot of shit that I haven't read and I've just been out of the loop. It's kind of sad.
2: This thing on? Uh, this, thing this thing is, is on. on. Are we good? Okay. So, uh, so for the last, uh, we've been reading <laughs> <laughs> Supreme Power. For the last 30 minutes, we've been reading Supreme <laughs> Power. That's what Luke meant to say. Uh, um, it is a Marvel Max book. When did it come out? I didn't do any 2006? research at all. 2002. 2000. I think. Copyright. Copyright is not giving me a date.
0: Oh, third printing was 2005.
2: First printing – really? It says third printing in there was 2005 because yeah. in this one it says first printing was 2010. <laughs> uh 2003. Okay, we'll call it 2003 because we we are in our in our new studio. We uh, are apparently incapable of pulling up any information on this book. So uh, it was <coughs> it is a Marvel Max book released in 2000 Three. and it <laughs> it is written by uh, it the was the year 20xx 20xx yeah uh, it's written by <laughs> J Michael Straczynski uh, of Babylon Five and Rising Stars fame uh, Rising and Stars is so good Rising which, Stars is so good which they say in the back. And uh, it was drawn – the drawer is Gary Frank, uh, and it was um, it was inked by John Seibel. I don't know who that is. Seibel, so, so before we Seibel actually get Thomas into one. the
1: book, one thing that I want to point out that I found really funny was that Jewel has an older <laughs> copy of the book than Luke does, uh, The Trade. Yes. And with The Trades, they flipped the back cover art and the front cover art. Yeah. Also, one notable thing. So, hold on.
2: Let's describe the front cover art on mine. The fr- it, it was a picture of all of the super powered characters that show up in the book. So, it's. Wait, wait,
1: wait, wait. See that, <coughs> that now you're missing the point. Let's go with Joel's first, which is the older one, yeah. which has the main character as a very young child, about six years old, wrapped in the American flag. And then on the back uh-huh. of Joel's, they have all four of the characters who show up in the book. Yes. Now, in Luke's version, the covers, the back and front, have been flipped. Uh huh. With the noticeable exception that they've taken out Nighthawk, yeah,
2: <laughs> completely, completely painted his him. ass out.
0: <clears throat> no Black Panthers in this. <clears throat> nope.
2: I d- I don't really understand why they would do that either. It because
1: um, it makes the art unbalanced.
2: Yeah, it looks it looks really strange. Wait a minute, whoa, I'm sorry. It looks it just looks really strange. I even th- I even thought that when I was when I bought the book. The cover to mine it looks it, dumb it, it looks, looks it's really weighted to the right <clears throat> it's weighted to the right there's a lot of black space on it, and it just looks very unbalanced and, it's and darker too yeah it's darker it just doesn't look good it does, it's not a good cover because it would not this would not sell a book to me. Um, if I saw that on the shelf, I would think, wow, that looks really amateurish, especially for a marvel book, so <clears throat> Also the max icon has been taken off. Yeah, that's another thing that I don't understand. Why they if it was originally published as a max, why would they I mean, I guess maybe it's because maybe they're trying to sell it to an audience that isn't familiar with the max line or something. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> and then I looked inside and they've got um the other like Supreme Power Powers and Principalities and High Command and these origins ones that are about a specific character like do they really need to have a supreme power Hyperion book the books about fucking Hyperion like and then supreme power Nighthawk that was apparently written by Daniel Way and illustrated by Steve Dillon um, interesting yeah <clears throat> uh, a lot,
0: I, lot of eyeballs popping out in that one
2: I do have to say <laughs> yeah right <sighs> I do have to say one of the things that aggravates me about the cover of this book is how um one, they say, there's, this is something, in my opinion, that they should never, ever do on the cover of trade paperbacks, is put from the writer of blah, 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 blah. Yeah. <clears throat> it says, from the writer of Thor. When was the last fucking time JMS was writing Thor? And... Would anyone who is reading current Thor think of JMS and be like, oh, yeah, so I'm going to associate it with Thor? No, because most people now are going to associate Jason Thor Aaron. with Jace, Jason Aaron or uh, Matt Fraction. Well, yeah, that's like,
0: true. Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, but when that came out, it was written by Thor at the same
2: time. Uh, re- was it? Yeah, 2010. Was, maybe. I, I, when that
0: was reprinted.
2: Okay, but that's that's my problem I guess is it's a trade, right? Yeah. You're not, trades are not the type of thing that you're buying on the spot. This is like like me, I bought it now and I look at this and frankly because I don't follow Thor wasn't even aware that JMS ever wrote Thor. It was so, a good <clears throat> I'm sure it was. But the other thing that the, that aggravates me about the cover of this, and I don't, this is a weird thing to focus on when we start talking about a book because it's not actually has anything to do with the book, is the fact that they've got fucking Straczynski's name in giant. Block red letters, yeah. and then in little tiny white text below it, Gary Frank and John Tyler.
1: Well, that, that's like, partially because I mean, <laughs> you know, you think of Straczynski—that's it's kind of a long name. That's why it looks so big. It's like well, seventy-two it's, letters.
2: It was something that we were talking about before. There were a couple of people that were get, that had gotten pissed off at. Um, Can you imagine if it had uh, been John Cho? Yeah, <laughs> John Cho. <laughs> <laughs> Um, That had gotten pissed off because this this happens with the trade versions of a lot of stuff that Miller Millar writes Mark Millar is that he puts his name ends up being you know on the cover and then everyone else is sidelined. And that's, that's really fucking rotten, especially considering the fact, and this is something, I, I am a writer, so maybe I'm shooting my own self in the foot here. But I, yes, I agree that the writer has a big part of the book, but if you consider the investment of time of the individuals that create a comic book, the writer is by far the least. <laughs> like, you're looking at artists putting, the artist by far is the 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 biggest investment of time. But when I, for example, here, here's a good way to put it. I follow um, Justin Jordan on Twitter. Okay. And Justin Jordan, for those of you who don't know, writes The Strange Talent of Luther Strode, and he's now gotten some other more mainstream gigs that he's working on. Um, uh, he posts every day on Twitter... The number of pages he wrote that day versus the number of pages he wrote uh, wrote over the course of the year, right? So it'll be a number slash a number. When you're, you know, toward the end of that year, he was like he would be posting like fourteen slash three seventy two or something. So you're like you're you're looking at a writer writing, you know, four hundred five hundred potentially, or I think I think he was up in like the four hundreds, like four hundred and fifty pages in a year of comics. And an artist is not going to have 450 pages no. of output in a year. Period.
1: I, I was I thought you were going to go with the comparison of the uh, piece of art that you own, the Which? Invincible one. Oh, the, yeah. the giant two-page spread. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is the the villain's name? The conquest. Movie? Conquest. So the yeah. Oh God, who's the writer? Uh, Kirkman. Robert, Robert Kirkman. Yeah, Rob, okay. So Robert Kirkman's like Invincible punches Conquest in the <laughs> face. Done. <laughs> yeah. Thirty seconds. Right. <laughs> that art did not take those.
2: seconds. <laughs> <laughs> right it's just it's just aggravating to me because it, it like any time frankly of the of the three potentially four main contributors to a comic book i would consider the writer the artist which is potentially split into penciler and inker and the colorist to have any of them s- sidelined or given um given a bigger bigger credit is it, seems seems unbalanced to me. Seems like it, it's a problem. Now I understand that Straczynski has name recognition, um, and Gary Frank probably does not. But <laughs> but it's still it's still just it seems like a, a shitty thing to do to the artist to I, be I, like you're not in, you're not actually important here. I'd,
1: I'd love to see that pitch though, Straczynski. being like, look, if we put my name really big on this, you'll make more money. <laughs> <laughs> and Gary Frank's like.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: okay. <laughs> but no, dude, but because, the thing is but, but the original one, No, the original the, one does not doesn't have yeah, they're that's nice better, right? They're yeah. nice.
2: They're all even. Yeah. They're given equal. However, colorist is shafted, not even on the cover at all. And I, and we've had this conversation on the show before. I think colorist is easily as important to the work as any any other part of it. Um but yeah, I I mean, y- but does he actually does would would frank actually make more money because you would think with with marvel it's it's a work for hire it's like you got paid x amount you're not they're not getting they're not getting royalties off the books they sell they just get paid for their work and they're done i don't think max marvel Ma- i could be very wrong on this i don't think marvel max was all work for hire really i think that was some sort of all right maybe maybe you're right because of the fact that it's not part of the core quote-unquote yeah. core universe i and i would i would be more inclined to believe that oh. with a book like supreme power than i would a book like say punisher max where it is a core yeah. character whereas this is a separate storyline that clearly at some point jms shopped around and then took to marvel uh, and went here's so what i want to do
1: side note um alias apparently the the bendis one yeah is being uh possibly turned into a tv show Oh, I've heard about this. Yeah, yeah that, I know they're, they have to already, give it a different name. Yeah. but yeah, like was I was, was going to say they have to. Yeah. Yes,
2: there was already an even though because mm-hmm. there is a TV show called Alias, and this would be a completely separate thing. I'm pretty sure that they would not be able to get the name of the show even even the same. They,
1: they had the comic
2: first. Yes, okay. um, and it's just because of the way things are copyrighted. Like if it, in a particular industry if alias as a tv show has already been trademarked then you can't have another tv show named alias unless there is some kind of extenuating circumstance which there kind of is here but you'd think that they'd probably want to separate it anyway because they they wouldn't just want the confusion yeah. yeah okay anyway anyway uh, uh aside from minor cover, bitches yeah. about the cover and the credit on <laughs> this book I
1: just, I just i was worried that we would forget about it and i'm like let's just get this out of the way and take care of it and you know be done with it <laughs> so that when we come back you know we're not like
2: 30 minutes and it's like
1: well, we're, we're gonna talk about the co- fuck uh, <laughs>
2: yeah um so supreme power gms book uh marvel max that is it's basically a um real world take a uh, take on the the dc universe um, Joel, did you spill something always always spilling Maybe every day he's spilling yeah <laughs> um <laughs> every day he's stumbling <laughs> um so the chari- the main character in the book uh is a superman clone by the name of hyperion uh mark milton is his mark uh, milton yeah is yeah. his the yeah. given name and, and w-
0: well i was just going to say basically he is the the anagram or the analog to to Superman in the Marvel Universe, <laughs> the anagram, the anagram, yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, no, and and it was before there was a Supreme, there was a Squadron Supreme before, which was a lot like the Justice League. That was right. Marvel's was answer that like to
1: sixty-three.
0: Yeah, it was pretty old. It was pretty mm-hmm. old. And so, basically, this is a reimagining of it for the Max Universe. And this was so
2: Hyperion movie. was a was a character before, and this is like oh, a yeah. redo. Okay, yeah yeah I've, yeah, yeah, I've never.
0: And he's in the he's in the Marvel Universe. And then they made him into Sentry.
2: Oh, the Sentry. Yeah. Oh, I remember when they brought the Sentry back in the Ultimate Universe and it was, they had actually, he, they brought him back as though he were previously a comic book character that got brought into the Marvel Universe somehow Um, because that was the issue. The, when they brought him into the, I think it was the Ultimates was when they had, when Mark Millar like actually inserted himself into the Marvel universe and actually was like, "Yeah, I'm a comic book writer." Yeah. Uh, they bring him in to try and talk down Sentry because Sentry is going completely nuts. Yeah, but- yeah. So
0: this is so they have Hyperion, which is Superman. They have um, they have the Doctor Spectrum, which is the same as Green Lantern. They had Nighthawk, which was Batman. Is that what
2: Doctor Spectrum is supposed yeah. to be Green Lantern? Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
0: okay. Um Doctor Spectrum was Green Lantern. Um Nighthawk was Batman. Um,
3: Wizard.
0: Wizard was flash. Wizard. Obviously. I liked the Atlanta What's Blur the, uh,
2: better, even though it sounds more like a like a basketball yeah, team. Yeah, the
0: Wizard's a horrible name. Doctor Spectrum's a horrible name too, but these were all named back in the sixties. Yeah. Um what and what was then? the uh, The Wonder,
2: Wonder uh, Woman clone? Yeah. The they Wonder, don't the Does it Z- name
0: her Z- specifically? No, I just Zatanna. I think
2: no, Zatanna. Zatanna's the, the magician, magician. chick. Magician.
0: No, well, that, in, in this one, it's it's a Z name. Okay, I can't exactly. Zirufnern. There yeah, there aqua, there's an Aquaman guy too, the, right? yeah, but it's a it's a girl. It's a girl in this one.
2: Is it because this the Aqua the Aqua person is the one that like uh, has the much darker birth? Yeah, uh, oh, where yeah. Well, it, it's mind, born, and they go, "Oh burned. my god!" And mom goes nuts, and then walks into the ocean and kills herself. But oh, but the girl doesn't die because she can breathe water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and there's a there's a reason pitch. why, and ah! that's and
0: that's one of the great things about this. And maybe we can get into this later. That he Straczynski really writes this for the long term, like a saga. So there's yeah. little little hints going on through this like okay this is the origin story for this character and then he kind of leaves it for another book
2: yeah I I do like I mean aside from what we were talking before the show about the 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 text walls in this book which <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it's it's that's a very Str- Straczynski thing you'll have it'll go for a while and there'll be a little bit of action and then all of a sudden there'll be two pages that it, you, they might as well just be prose and not have art at all because there's so goddamn much dialogue and and exposition that did, you just have to
1: Did you read the the second Parker book?
2: Uh no, I did not. It's got there's it? there's
1: actually like a short
2: story in the middle of, the <laughs> <part> of <it. laughs> Um I uh I like the takes on the character I I think it's I think it's actually an, uh, an interesting way to go, to go about it. I I'm, I'm not um
0: uh, there it is. Uh, what? Okay, so the other Squadron Supreme power princess is <laughs> power, princess. power Princess. Power Princess. Amphibian is Aquaman. Uh Max, the Skrullian Skymaster, is
2: Martian Manhunter. Amphibian—that's yeah. that's original.
0: I, there, a lot of these names I are just Amphibian. The, uh, yeah. Yeah. They
2: should have been. They should have. Uh, knowing Gold, Marvel, he should have been Amphibian Man. Golden Archer, Lady Lark, or Tom Fish. Thumb, Amphibaman, <laughs>
3: Blue, <laughs> Here Eagle.
0: We go. Blue Eagle. Blue uh, Eagle. Arcana, that's who it is. Is the same as Zatanna. Okay. Arcana and uh, Nuke. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> anyway, go on.
1: Yeah, I. Um, I mean, nuke uh, the p- is Nuke the analog for Solar? Uh, Firestorm. Firestorm fan. Yeah. Sorry.
2: Solar is Valiant. Yeah, I, I realized it is. <laughs> so
1: Wait, no shit.
2: Um. So, Joel, you picked this book. So, why don't you start by talking about okay. what you enjoy about it and what you like? So,
0: so what I really liked just from the, the get go is that it's. The story of if superheroes actually came out in the real world. Yeah. So they don't really gloss it over. It's not Disney-fied like in Superman and um, or or Batman or anything like that. Were
2: <laughs> Batman's Disney-fied? <laughs> really? Oh, yeah.
0: Parents murdered? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh, come on. If Batman had a lot of money and people killed his, his parents, wouldn't you kill them back? He went on vigilante, but he doesn't use a gun. He used to. He, yeah, he used to for a couple years. Um, but it 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 starts off with with Superman or Hyperion being found, and his parents take him in on their farm, and then all of a sudden the 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 government comes in and takes him away and puts him in a special project. So and which makes sense because this is if if a big asteroid lands in the middle of nowhere yeah. in the time of NORAD nobody would
2: ever notice it there was a that's kind of a running theme through a lot of jms's stuff though and i mean it's very apparent in in rising stars was the same way right the of rising stars it's a small town and an event happens and <clears throat> whatever the event did it it like changed every kid that was in utero at the time into a superhero yeah and the way that that book played out was that the government rolls into the town after finding out finding this out when they're all very small children and basically inters them all in in like a a a camp mm-hmm. and schools them and raises them in this camp trying to figure out what their powers are and it's kind of the this this felt to me like the a lot like the that. rising yeah. stars jms take on the dc the DC yeah. universe.
0: Yeah, it, but the the one thing was that in Rising Stars he wasn't constricted by like the Marvel licenses yes. and whatnot. He could do whatever he wanted with it. Um, later on in these books there's a great scene where um, where all not this book but in later books where the Amazons were coming off of their their imaginary invisible uh, island mm-hmm. and were going to landfall in the United States. And the United States knew about it, and as soon as they came out of their little invisib- bil- invisibility field, sorry, uh, they nuked them. <laughs> they, they just straight up nuked them, oh. yeah. So, which is great. So Wonder Woman never <coughs> survived. Um, and of course, Batman is a Black Panther in this. Whose parents He's got, crazy. He is he is literally yeah. crazy and there's he rips some guys' ears off. Um I, I like this. scene just where, uh, he's
1: talking to Hyperion. Talking to Hyperion, that's what I was gonna bring up. <laughs> and then, like first off, uh, Hyperion's like a KKK guy. Yeah. And then he's a hick, and then like it's him on Mars, and there's these <laughs> yeah. little like green like things the, from they're uh, the
2: aliens from fucking Toy Story. Yeah, Toy Story. <laughs> yeah. and they're like the Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
0: And and that's the one thing is because Hyperion early on in this, he he's raised by the government so he's he's raised on us is so great and you know you got to love your country and and work for your country and that's the greatest thing you can go for and nighthawk didn't grow up in that in that world so when he's getting all this all this unfiltered cotton candy coming from hyperion like you need to
2: you know work for the betterment and expand your spectrum nighthawk's like you're crazy yeah it was interesting to it was interesting that Nighthawk was probably the most interesting take on any of the characters in this book because most of them felt pretty vanilla even Hyperion and the and their take on Hyperion um after after being raised by fake parents and being brought up by you know under government propaganda his whole life, he still felt pretty supermany at the end. Like, yeah, he's got he's got a little bit of uh he's yes. got a he's got a little bit of darkness behind it all. He's, but he's fucking batshit crazy. Well yeah, yeah he's no. batshit crazy but but they don't show they don't show a lot of that in this book. He's no. he's just kind of a little bit of a he's like a troubled guy. He's not Isn't there a conversation but that he no s no with- more than like like I've seen them do with Superman every once in a while where well, he's just like... I think free. there's hints of it in this one. I, I'm not sure if I remember it correctly, but
1: doesn't he, isn't he talking to like Nighthawk and Nighthawk is like, yeah, man, if I would have been raised, you know, completely trapped in, I'd go nuts. And Hyperion's like, I can understand that. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, no, he wasn't talking to Nighthawk. He was talking to Wizard at that right. point. Yeah, and that's the one thing is yeah. that
0: this is just the very beginning. So they kind of touch on it where he's in school and everybody in the school is afraid of him. His parents that were the CIA agents are afraid of him um everybody is afraid of him and he has he has all these different powers that he hasn't learned how to utilize yet like there's one scene where he's Driving to school, his first time he's going to school, and he goes to school in an APC. Yeah, yeah. And he's got the military around him. he's like that's my school bus.
2: That was actually part of my favorite. Where he sits down in the APC, and he you hear tink 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 tink, and then you look up, and he's he has punched holes with his finger through the side of the APC, and he turns around. He's like, I just wanted some fresh air. <laughs> yeah. Like all the soldiers in there are like, I, holy I, shit.
1: I, I, I took it more as a he looked at them as like I just wanted some fresh air. Is I'm going to say shit. About about it no, didn't think so. yeah kind of yeah it's like
2: just proving a point guys just thought you'd know <laughs> yeah.
0: thanks and so this this book thanks really for the
2: quote-unquote protection <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: because he doesn't he doesn't ever need it and there later on there's a scene where he's going for desert storm in the iraq war and he's like oh yeah the guys are over there could you deal with them and then you know our guys <laughs> will follow up and he leaves, and like five minutes later, comes back. It's like all done. And the guys yeah. that had the, the binoculars that were seeing what he was doing was like, oh my god, oh yeah. my god, oh my god.
2: And they, he just like destroys. Yeah.
0: You know? Um. So this is this is kind of like the starting of the first arc of like a three, like a three act mm-hmm. story saga that Stravinsky does with Supreme Power. And this is just kind of setting it up. They do they do touch on some of the other characters that come on, like um, Arcana is the there's one scene where they're feeding this thing that's it's trapped in a dungeon that was that was the first that's arcana and she's like this alien that got trapped down there and she came well before hyperion and she hasn't died yet she's been living there for thousands of years and revered as a god um she comes out and she's even more batshit crazy than night or anybody else um and then there's also the Amphibian, which is this, this weird fish girl uh-huh. who's, um, who later on turns out she's totally been raised by fish, so she is completely out of it for yeah. being a human being. She has no, like, human language or anything, but she's <coughs> been raised by
1: fish. She, she can talk to dolphins.
0: Yeah, she can talk to <laughs> dolphins. But the one thing is that uh, Doc Spectrum, he can, with his little gym, power gym, he can talk to them and they bo- make a bond. Okay. Um,
2: Yeah, so let's stick to this one for a little bit. I know, I'm just saying, but
0: this is is just the start. So the one thing I loved about this book is that it does start laying down these plot lines that will be fleshed out later on. And so he does seem like really vanilla and Superman right now. But later on, he turns out that he realizes he has all this power, just like Superman is like, you know, everything's fucked up. Everybody's trying to control me. But I could control the world if I want to. And he eventually does go down that route. Yeah,
2: see, this feels. This setup feels like the setup for Irredeemable, only Hmm. done right. Irredeemable, I thought, was. It was an interesting take on the story, but I felt that it was really heavy handed at the beginning because they were trying to get to the whole. Turn on humanity things so fast that they don't give you any set. They don't give you enough setup for irredeemables like path to that point. Right. I thought right? it started out after he turned. Yeah. It kind of does. But that's what I, that's kind yeah. of what I mean is like um, they don't, they kind of tell you the history a little bit, but I actually would have loved to have seen them do it more like this or they show your, ir- Uh, Irredeemable growing up or they show how he kind of how he went from being a hero because it seemed in Irredeemable it seemed really it seemed too fast it was like I'm a hero one minute I ask a girl out she cheats on me (laughs) I'm destroying the planet. Yeah, like, nah. You come on, any. like, you <laughs> yeah. Can't get and any more just... heavy-handed than that. <clears throat> and this felt better. Betty Sue right? this... said no for the prom. Yeah, Pretty this much. felt better because it, it, like, JMS is is much better at planting seeds Pacing. and giving you giving you ink indications of what is to come rather than just being like, no, nah, it already, no, nah, it's it happened, it's done. And um, part of me can't help but wonder if this wasn't inspiration for your email. Maybe at some point Mark Wade went, JMS didn't go far enough. Fuck it. Yeah. You know, and probably. because that's
1: what, what Wade does. What came out first? This Red Sun. Red Sun. Red Sun. Are you sure?
2: Yeah. This is 03. Yeah. Well, was when Red Sun? Red, when did Red Sun come out? I don't know.
1: Internet,
0: save <laughs> us. Yeah. Um, so, and I guess that's one thing that JMS is famous for. I never saw Babylon 5, but I yeah. know fans. It's good. That when he had stuff in the first season that alluded to stuff that happened five seasons yep. later. Yeah,
2: Well, and that was the thing about, that was the whole thing about uh babylon 5 and one of the reasons why it actually in in some ways was kind of revolutionary tv was the fact that it was one of the first times that a creator came up with a show that had a plan a definitive front to back five-year arc that he wanted to follow and that's why lost and buffy that's why those things exist because it didn't before that TV shows were exotic. week to week, and that uh, was it. There was Hill Street not Blues. I think is one of the very few that was not. Oh, maybe. Um, but they had like you know they have. He was he's pretty much famous for that because if you look at the effect that Babylon Five had on other sci-fi at the time, and the one that I always bring up is Star Trek Deep Space Nine, because Deep Space Nine, Star Trek up until that point was was alien of the week or <laughs> threat of the week, and that's yep. all it was. It was just bang bang bang. And then DS and then Babylon five came out right around the same. T- I think it was in the second season of, of DS nine and DS nine. The first season of DS nine was very standard star Trek, just set in a slightly different setting and then all of a sudden like Babylon 5 comes out and shows people what it's like to have a storyline to follow and a thread to follow and that's when they introduce the Dominion and that's when they introduce like all of the 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 overarching storyline of the Dominion War that ran through a thread through the rest of the entire show. Yeah. And it had that effect on a lot of things and I think that I like when JMS translates that skill mm-hmm. to the comic book industry because I think um he's good at it and that's one of the things that um i like about reading his books like Rising Stars is that you can tell you can tell he's going somewhere you know Rising Stars got a little fucked up by the lawsuit um so yeah. but but then then again Babylon 5 also got fucked up by network interference um so, so what was
0: it what was the lawsuit on Rising Stars
1: uh was it ABC
2: t- I'm trying to remember. No, it wasn't ABC cuz it was he was he was publishing it through
1: America's Best Comics, Alan Moore's thing. Uh-uh.
2: No? No, it was Im- Image? Uh sure. Um it it had to do with other properties that JMS had worked on. I'm trying to I, I uh, Not in you know what, we'll Litigation, just... yeah. Yes, yeah.
0: exactly. Um, oh, and this is the one thing that I really enjoyed about that, was that when I started reading comics, there were just one trade and then it would be done, or one story arc and then they'd move on to the next thing, and they wouldn't relate to anything that happened to previously, right. every once in a while, unless they needed to bring back the, the villain, villain of the, of the, the week. M- yeah Exactly, villain of the week. <laughs> and this one wasn't like that, and so all everything would would be fleshed out. And then also the characters in this were a little more three-dimensional than I'm used to seeing, where they, yes, they were raised in this this small town or whatever, but then when they got out into the bigger world, things would happen. Because later on, what happens in this story is that, okay, Russia realizes, and Russia and China realizes, oh my gosh, they have this superpower and they could take over the world because the United States pretty much has the human equivalent of a nuclear bomb. So they start they start researching guys to fight fight that. So, I mean, because you think about that, if, if Superman was in the real world, wouldn't every other country outside of Metropolis be lacing his food with yes. <laughs> kryptonite? You know, yeah. he would have died a long time ago. As soon as kryptonite came out, they would have poisoned his ass, you know, to get rid of him. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: and that's something that nobody ever deals with. And the military for Hyperion has has contingency plans for this and they're they're they got metrics for everything that he does it's like okay he can move this fast he's this powerful you know uh we can't really get a dna sample because he's his skin is this strong so they have like all, eddie yeah exactly. like eddie just his insights his <laughs> insights are as strong
1: if he trips he can send out his one of his own bones to his arm no problem no <laughs> needles though yeah
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, so... And that's the one thing I really enjoyed about this. Yeah. yeah.
1: Now... Just get a DNA sample from his hair.
0: If his so hair what falls it, if out. His hair
1: doesn't break. Well, how does he keep so, you know... Who knows? Pretty
0: don't, don't ask these questions. Oh well, yeah, that's true. His hairstyle does change. And, um, and it would grow, too.
2: And I agree. I like, I like the way that they... Um, I like the way they wove the story into the real world and made it more, you know, less... The the biggest problem with characters like Superman is that they're still trying to adhere to storylines that were written for them back before comic books actually realized that they could have storylines. Um, you know, they, they wrote their Superman is still written as though he's a character from the forties. And that's, that's problematic. So when they take stuff like this and they're like, Oh, you know what? We can revamp this. We can modernize it, bring it, Mm. um, bring it into a storyline that makes more sense for the world that we live in. I really like that. I think that they got a little caricature ish with the real world characters, especially with especially <laughs> with President, President Bush. Like Carter, when they bring him first in with Carter, Carter is reasonable. He seems like a reasonable character. When they bring Bush in, he's a the look on his he's got this dumbass, like <laughs> stupid half grin on his face. He he constantly as I said before the show Every picture of Bush in this book makes him look like he just sharted. Yeah. Just, uh-huh. I'll be right back, guys. You, you, know, should and it's, it's, you should see Junior later on in the issues. Yeah. Well and 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 that's the point where you <laughs> yeah, Well that I,
0: that has to go into I, the personal art. opinion.
2: That's yeah. exactly what I was gonna say. It's it's like Carter looks fine, Clinton looks fine because you know what? <laughs> and then Bush comes in and it's like, he looks Political like a battle. fight. Dumbass. I, I don't, it's, it's, I'm not expressing my opinions either way. I'm just saying that that's what my interpretation of the look of the characters is. Um, and, and on that note, I would like to switch over and talk about artwork for a minute. <laughs> um, I, I do not like Gary Frank's artwork. I, I don't like it. I didn't like it when he did it, when he drew Batman.
1: So just to be clear, you like it.
2: I do not like it. You do you you like it. I do not like it. Okay, just say it <laughs> one more time. I like nope, don't like it. Okay. Don't like it. Um he's all he's a big he's a big pile of almost. Um <laughs> like he's he's almost good in some ways, but um like first of all when he draws anybody that looks surprised they are or smiling or smiling they turn into they turn into a plastic caricature yeah and the the prime example for anybody who looks at this book is Lots the of the of few the few scenes of of mark when he 's in school when he goes to the military school, and uh, the the girl with the short hair that like when she 's trying to smile at her friends looks like she has looks like she's been dosed with joker gas like her <laughs> eyes are just like blah, blah and her she has the non-smile smile like it's um it's just really bad his facial expressions are terrible and the thing that i was saying to andy earlier that um i think i realized especially after reading uh some, seeing his art on batman is that he has no sense of lighting at all there is no there's no directional light in any of his pictures it's all just line work that you know kind of expresses shape and he doesn't put any like <sighs> But that's more it's, the the colorist though, right? No, because there's no shadow. He's got to draw the blacks into this. He doesn't he doesn't make use of blacks at all except in the occasional like like this underwater scene. Okay. Mm. That's probably the biggest sense of lighting I've ever seen him put mm. in these books. Everything else, if it's in daylight, there is no directional light whatsoever. Period. There's no like shadows don't really fall anywhere. So you like
0: want, you want you want it to
2: look more like Frank Miller? No, I just want it to look. <laughs> I don't want it to look flat, and that's what it looks like to me. It looks, it looks very flat, and looks very uh, like it's all, all the line work looks very similar, mm. and the biggest problem, like his figure constructions and, and perspective are fine, but mm, fuck, his faces are so bad, you especially know, especially women's faces. His women's, the way he draws women is fucking terrible. I don't know, he does guys okay i mean he's got male anatomy down just fine but um i don't know i'm just I, i'm not a fan of gary frank's art i wasn't a fan of it on batman i'm not a fan of it on this um
0: you know i, I think maybe that might be a, more of a editorial direction because i've noticed a lot with the whole max series that they go with guys that are really high detail so yeah. there's, there's frank and then with um Steve they use Dylan. a lot of Steve Dillon, yeah, and then uh, I I can't remember the artist on uh, Luke Cage, but he was all just super pointless like Picard.
2: Well, they did the apparently Supreme Power Hyperion was done by Dan Jurgens though, which does not follow your um, your theory, but anyway. Um. Yeah. I. I don't know what you guys think of the art, but I. I mean, the facial expressions are like. Are a, yeah. The fucking terrible the facial expressions. That, are come on ridiculous. I,
1: come on. I, yes,
2: I know.
0: Their eyes. love bugged, that Joker. Bugged out eyes.
1: Um. I really don't like the eyes for Nighthawk. Yeah. They're. I mean, yes. I realize. You mean it's the the, a, the, the suit, like night the, the night suit vision eyes. suit yeah. eye things? It's yeah. Very strange looking.
2: I. Don't, I don't mind that. That's more of a design issue. Yeah. which i can understand but um i think it's racist women's lips just be racist. women's lips like <laughs> just look fucking terrible in this book i i don't know i don't know
0: it's it's more but it's more realistic and i think that's what they went for because there's not women that are super you know triple d cup they they don't have any of them in there
2: no, that's not what i'm going for though it's like the, it's I, the faces I, that I have a problem with that's what i'm saying with.
0: that's what i think marvel max was going for ah okay but anyway so didn't like it
2: i didn't like the art i like the storyline i actually like the way that most of it plays out with the exception like i said with the exception of uh the portrayal of bush and it's not that i particularly like or dislike bush or have any political affiliation toward bush it's that i think that they i think that they over caricaturized him Uh, i
1: think that's a clinton that's pretty bad
2: yeah that's pretty bad but even in the writing, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, like Cl- Clinton and, and Clinton and Carter are written fairly normal. They they talk like normal people. They have they come across like presidential. Bush just doesn't. He comes across as a bumbling fool. Um, with yeah. apparently with a with a dominatrix fetish. Um, <laughs>
0: well, it's it, because that gym brings out their deepest desires. Yeah. we all know Republicans are repressed.
2: <laughs> um, but I, I overall, I liked the book. I thought I, I, I enjoyed it, and I, I actually want to read the other ones. I don't know if they'll ever come out with a in hardcover, but that's probably what I would like. No. Um, I that think, being a hardcover, right? is it?
1: Yeah, one through twelve.
2: Okay, it, but I isn't really? it? Isn't it like? Eighteen plus issues, I think, because there's three. There's three six issue trades, so there's at least eighteen.
1: I think there's like a hardcover of the first twelve, and then there's like the second set of six, and then more like maybe the Hyperion. Demon's oh, so like
2: typical that. Marvel bullshit where they didn't actually, you know, complete completely publish their hardcovers properly yeah all right
0: so it, when i when i started with this with supreme power i was in the middle of it i saw something i was like oh let's look at that and i read it enjoyed it wanted to catch the other things the only problem is how they how they sparced out the or sparsed out the, the the different issues was they didn't number them. So there's no one, two, three, four. So you don't know chronological order. It's supreme. It's supreme power contact, supreme power principalities. And, and, and then it's Hyperion and you still, you don't. Yeah. So you have to
2: look in the book and find out exactly what issues it, what issues it covers. Yeah.
0: But it doesn't actually say like volume one, volume two. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I don't like it. Marvel, Marvel is horrendously inconsistent with the publishing of their trades. Um, and that's really really aggravating especially when you get used to how it how trades get handled for other for other companies especially vertigo yep. um like, like on the ball. vertigo is solid on their trades and as is image when they do their larger collections of yep. their core books um so i mean even dark horse does better than marvel does um but anyway, uh, yeah. leading into the the wrap up, like I said, I like this book, and um, if you can get past Gary Frank's art, I would actually I'd say a buy for this. If we're gonna go buy borrow burn, I'm 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 a pretty solid buy for this one.
1: Uh, I'm st- straight up buy on this. Like I I see can kind of where you can dislike some of Gary Frank's stuff, but I think he's got some solid solid pieces mm-hmm. in here, um, and the story frankly is compelling enough that I enjoyed it yeah
2: i- i the story's compelling enough that I can overlook some of Gary Frank's stuff except the the expressions on women's faces <laughs> it's really really bad it's the the women when they look surprised look like the Calvin and Hobbes comic where they put the the ping pong ball <laughs> ping pong balls on the eyes it, it's 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 bad but anyway so, um, um, yeah bye 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 bye
1: um, bye bye.
2: Yeah. bye yeah wow three solid buys uh what? I think that's good for good for this book i think everybody should go pick it up it's um it is available in trades it's not available digitally i tried to get it digitally and couldn't do it couldn't do it That's so good. i think a lot of the max stuff is not available digitally uh, right now but um but yeah so uh supreme power go go pick it up jms uh they doing doing the dc universe in really the marvel universe it. So for the next show, Anne should be back, and then we will finally be able to do her Secret Six book. Uh, she hasn't told us which <laughs> which trade she wants us to do. I'm assuming it's going to be the first one. She wanted to do Gail Simone's run. So I don't
1: know if Gail Simone did the whole thing or not. Uh,
2: maybe not. Uh, um, I, thought she, I thought Gail Simone did – I think they – Restart. I thought they restarted the numbering with her run. I don't like remember. Start, uh, whatever. We'll figure it out. We're doing Secret Six. We'll figure out from Anne which one we're going to do. And then uh, immediately after that, for the next show after that, we're going to do Andy's suggestion of Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. Um, and the show after that will be one of my suggestions, but I haven't figured out what yet because I can't just walk. Now that we're recording in, in Andy's place, I can't just walk back to my comic books and figure out what the fuck that yeah, I want. This
1: wanted. will work. However, it's much more convenient for me to be like, "Uh, yes, this."
2: Yeah. So, Secret 6 and Johnny the Homicidal Maniac for the next show, next couple shows. Did you guys have anything else you wanted to talk about before we uh before we wrap everything up?
3: Um they're
0: they're coming out with a uh, Whedon Shield. Oh, the Shield series. TV show, yes. Yeah, it's awesome. I had
2: somebody go like bonkers last night at poker because they were pissed off that they were bringing back Agent Coulson even though I told them they're not bringing back Agent Coulson they're rewinding it's supposed to take place supposedly the S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show is supposed to take place along the same timeline as the movies that lead into Avengers so um, and also there's the the meme
0: that Fury lied they never actually show Coulson dying so Uh,
1: yeah they do watch Avengers again they don't they don't also, I could talk about how Loki had this amazing strategy because he wanted to get captured. Oh,
2: th- I knew. Th- we've talked about that one on the show. Did we? Yeah, because you and I f- feel the same way. Yeah, okay. His strategy was that Loki won because he doesn't give a shit about Earth mm-hmm. at all. He just wanted to get back into uh, back Asgard, into Asgard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: and then they showed the Infinity Gauntlet in uh-huh. Luke's Vault
2: during uh-huh. Thor.
0: Yeah, there's a, there's a great um, article on io9 about that.
2: So,
1: it Tezzeret's Gambit? Is that what it's called? It doesn't matter what the result is, you win either way? Yeah. Yeah. Or is that the... That might be a magic card based on the actual turn. Uh,
2: Oh, well... Actually, it's... uh, (laughs) Well, actually... um, so we'll we'll wrap up this show for this for this week, and we will do Secret Six next uh, next show. Um, check out our other podcast, the After the Fact podcast. Uh, the The next episode that we're going to record of After the Fact podcast is episode seventy. It's going to be all about Star Fox. Uh, tune in because that one will be good. Um, uh, that show that show is. The cast changes a lot, but right now the most solid members are Eddie, who you are all familiar with from this show, uh, and James Dykes and myself, um, talking about classic games. Uh, this show, you can you can rate us, review us on iTunes. Um, it helps us out, gets us uh, more listeners, uh, lets people know that you actually like to hear the bullshit that we talk about. Even though after I listened back to the Flex Mentallo episode, I realized I could not make an intellectual point to save my life. I sounded like a fucking moron on that episode. I, more, I more so than normal. Like <laughs> more, huh. more so than
0: normal. I know from experience, I, y- you get used to it. If, yeah, thanks. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, I did not sound good on the Flex Mentali episode, so hopefully I sound better on this one because <laughs> I had less to talk about.
1: Like fucking Charlie Brown's parents whenever you talk. But honestly,
0: is there a way to coherently talk about Flex Mentali? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay well
2: andy thinks so anyway well
0: after you read it six times yes <laughs> sure <laughs>
2: um you can also review us on Zoom if you listen to us that way uh you can get a hold of us on our like our facebook page at facebook.com slash after the fact trade secrets podcast trade secrets trade fucking secrets podcast um Make sure you get the fucking in there. Great if
1: that was actually the name of the page. Trade fucking secret <chicken> podcast. We're uh, like Oprah's book club on crack.
2: You can follow us on Twitter at Trade Secrets Pod. We all have our own individual tra- Twitter accounts as well. Joel is at Superfly, spelled weird. Just look up Joel Simon, you'll find it. Uh, Andy is at Math-tastrophe. I am at Geek Elite, and uh, we, we all bullshit a lot on, on Twitter. The main show feed will actually give you show announcements and stuff so that's more about what that's about and uh if you want to be a part of the show if you want to send us questions or comments or or something like that that you want us to read on the show you can email us at trade secrets at geekerific.com and that's spelled g-e-e-k-e-r-i-f-i-c dot com and uh you can also hit us up on our facebook page on our twitters uh and we will read your comments and questions on the show next show is going to be secret six uh hopefully hopefully As long as Anne is around, uh, thank you, Andy, for for volunteering your apartment for the for the recordings from now on. It's super convenient uh, yeah, for me, so yeah. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Drive uh, thirty
1: minutes to Luke's, or wake up fifteen minutes before the show. <laughs> mm. <laughs> hey guys, want to come over to my place? Yeah,
2: now you know how I've been feeling doing it in my place for so long. Uh, thank you for for coming up, Joel. You're welcome. Uh, hopefully, the next show. Anna and or Eddie and or both will be Will be with us again I am Luke and this has been episode 38 of the Trade Secrets Podcast And we are out Work it
3: harder, make it better Do it faster, makes us stronger More than After our work is never over Work it harder, it better Do it faster,